Uh, the Alliance has never really been, at least not in its earliest days, a creedal institution. Yeah. We weren't yeah. founded around primarily and early on a statement of faith. We were founded, we we're a dynamic movement, a movement that was founded on those who wanted to pursue the deeper life and missions. And, you know, to throw this in, I think it's been implied in what you and I have already said, the dynamic relationship between the two. That mission yeah. is for the deeper, that the deeper life is for mission and that mission drives us back to the deeper life. Welcome back to the Kamloops Alliance Church podcast. This podcast helps Kamloops Alliance Church see mission fulfillment, to know Jesus and make him known. Birthed out of the COVID-19 pandemic, we have received such great feedback about the podcast that we are excited to be in our second season right now. Again, one of the ways you can help support the podcast and KAC is to give a positive review of the podcast wherever you are listening. We believe the content of this podcast needs to be distributed to as many as possible. I am privileged to introduce our guest for this episode. His name is Bernie Vandewal. He serves as a district superintendent of the Midwest District of the Christian and Missionary Alliance in Canada. He also is chair of the Alliance World Fellowship's International Commission for Theological Education. Before taking this role at the Midwest District, he served as a professor of historical and systematic theology at Ambrose University in Calgary, Alberta. He is an author as well, writing The Heart of the Gospel, released in 2009, and most recently, Rethinking Holiness, released in 2017. Bernie is married to Colleen and has two wonderful sons, Dave, who is married to Hannah, and Ken. In this episode, Bernie and I discuss the founder of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, Albert Benjamin Simpson. We also discuss the birth of history of this movement. You will end this podcast feeling more informed as well as passionate to be Jesus-centered, spirit-empowered, and mission-focused. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Kamloops Alliance Church Podcast. I'm really glad that you are tuning in with us wherever you are, whether it's in your kitchen, making dinner, going for a run, or even on your commute. Just privileged that you would spend time. Again, we just want to help you uh, know Jesus and make him known, and these podcasts help you do that. Just some supplementary content resourcing for you from us um, as you follow Jesus. So I'm really grateful to be here with Bernie Vandewal. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bernie, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to us, kind of who you are, your family, your education, anything you want to add in there? Sure, I can do that. Well, it's great to be here and uh, great to be back talking to people in the Alliance in BC, where I actually started uh, my pastoral ministry a long, long time ago. Um, well, it seems like a long, long time ago anyway. Um <laughs> About me, uh, currently I'm the district superintendent of the Canadian Midwest District for the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada. What that means is that uh, I serve uh, a team that serves churches uh, in the Christian Missionary Alliance in Saskatchewan, uh, in Manitoba, uh, in uh, Nunavut, uh, and in a, a slice of Ontario that would like to consider itself to be in the West. Uh, and uh, just uh, just a uh, one church currently in that that pretty small slice. Uh, I'm a Saskatchewan born and raised kid. So uh, when I came back here uh, uh, just over a year ago, it was coming home. 
Uh, and that was great. Uh, get a chance to be near family. My wife and I are both from Regina. And so it was coming home for both of us. Um, yeah, married to Colleen, been married for, better get this right, 33 years. Uh, and uh, two sons, uh, Dave and Ken. Dave is married to Hannah. Uh, and they live in Airdrie, Alberta, uh, where Dave uh, works for Apple. Uh, and uh, also is taking some school. Uh, and Hannah, his wife, is just started her first year as an elementary school teacher, and we're really uh, thankful and happy for that. And pray what for a year to start these days. No kidding, eh? Uh, coming into normal. Uh, and our son Ken uh, works for Sharon Williams and is a uh, uh, a budding uh, writer. He actually had his first publication when he was in grade four. Uh, so he's always had a lot of promise, but yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's actually publishing a book online, which is new to an old guy like me, but it seems to be doing well. Um, yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, what about me? Uh, for, this is a new job for me, relatively new. I've been here, like uh, I said, just over a year, uh, for 20 Years previous to that, just over 20 years, I'd been involved in uh, post-secondary education. And for 20 of those years, I was at uh, Ambrose University. Uh, and uh, before that, of course, was Canadian Bible College, where we only had the greatest of students. Uh, that's right. That's right. Present company included. Uh, yeah, 20 years. It was a long time, but it was a great time. Loved doing it. Uh, taught primarily in the area of theology. That is, what do we think about God based on scripture and what we observe uh, in the world around us? What do we think about God? And so I taught uh, in that area. Um, my, my specialty, you, I guess you could say, uh, has to do with the theology of the Christian Missionary Alliance, uh, and particularly that of its founder, a guy by the name of Albert Benjamin Simpson, who lived from 1843 to 1919, uh, started this movement in uh, the United States, was, but was born in Canada, uh, out, uh, out east in uh, Prince Edward Island, and then later moved to Ontario as a young boy. Um, authored a few books. Uh, the latest one would be with uh, Baker a pretty uh, well-respected uh, evangelical publisher, and it's on uh, the doctrine of holiness. Uh, and uh, it's doing pretty well. Very readable. I wrote it, I think it's very readable anyway. I wrote it with lay people in mind. There are lots of technical books out there on holiness, but not a lot uh, for the average person. So so that's out there, and it's doing pretty well. I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, and actually, I'm I'm currently in the last few motions of, of editing another book, multi-author book on uh, what it means to be the Christian Missionary Alliance, particularly again in its theology. And I kind of hope that'll be out in the new year. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a book made up of authors from around the world. Uh, wow. We have representatives, uh, representatives from uh, every, uh, every continent, uh, except Antarctica. That was a that was a harder one to get a hold of. That's a hard uh, one. Yeah. Well, we've got people from Africa, the Middle East, Asia, Europe, uh, North and South America, and Australia, uh, all contributing to this thing. And again, I hope to have it out uh, early in the new year. 
Uh, we're now at the, wow. uh, the final editing and layout stage. So, uh, and uh, basically the idea is what does Alliance theology look like 130 years after the movement's been started? Wow. Uh, wow. So looking forward to that coming out and they'll treat, uh, treat topics as diverse as holiness, uh, but not for, not my writing uh and salvation and even what if you're alliance what does that mean you think about or should think about ecology uh and and the green movement so that's there's even a chapter in there on that and so yeah that's sort of me um loved teaching for 20 years but i just felt a uh, a call to to a bit of a change uh, just uh, just about two years ago and ended up uh, moving from Calgary where my wife and I and my family had lived for 17 years and landed back back home in my hometown, which is really weird since at one time in our career, we uh, were Alliance missionary candidates and were willing to go anywhere. Right. Uh, and we, we end up back in our hometown. So that's cool. Did I get it all? Did I... That Bernie, that is fantastic. No, thank okay. you, thank you. Uh, and the connection between Bernie and I was that uh, Bernie uh, was one of my theology professors way back in the day, and uh, and was very gracious to a young punk kid like myself, uh, not learning as much as I should and not paying attention as much as I should. So, so being... from me to you, Bernie, I apologize. <laughs> oh. Well, and 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 I once apologized to my prof. So. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just what you do. It comes full circle. <laughs> I just, I, I actually said earlier this morning to a colleague, there's no way I would hire the 19 year old me. Not a chance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, a totally. chance. Well, well so. we've, I've come a long way, I've come a long way. So, uh, you know, thank you for that intro, Bernie. Um, you know, you are the guy to talk about what we're going to talk about today, which is our our thinking ethos as Alliance people. When it comes to the person and work of the Spirit, we're preaching through the person and work of the Holy Spirit uh, this fall. And I just think there's so much value in thinking about our spiritual legacy, our spiritual heritage in the Christian Missionary Alliance, how that informs us as we think about the Spirit. Before we get there, though, I have to talk about, I have to ask you, Kind okay. of the one kind of fun fact about, well, fun fact, weird fact, whatever, however you categorize it, uh, Bertie, you're I'm getting ready with for it. Tubes. I'm getting ready for it. Okay, yeah, your tubes. Yeah. Yeah. What, what about it? Well, here, tell I'll, me, I'll tell I don't me know about, if you can see, but up there, there's a book on cemeteries right up there. And, Yes, anyway. yes. So cemeteries and tombs. Tell me why you're fascinated with with it, and uh, what has been the the highlight cemetery tomb that you have oh. visited. Um, okay, so I don't know where it started. I've thought about that a lot. I actually have, I have an entire sermon. Won't surprise you at all uh, about it. Um, I think one of the things that really attracted me to it, especially when I travel. Uh, is landing at the graves of the famous. And when you grow up in a relatively small town like I did, most of the famous people in the world are are almost mythical or fictional. Even though you know they're real, they're they're mythical or fictional because they never walk down your street. They never come to your town. Right. right. Uh, and so, you know, uh, I traveled a fair bit uh, as an academic and uh, even, even in my ministry. Uh, and um, 
and uh, I would just get these opportunities to pop into these cemeteries. I take opportunities to pop into the cemeteries and, and and sort of visit, if you will, these people that I'd heard about. Um, I, I, I'm holding this. You got to be an alliance geek to get this. I'm holding a piece of uh, Robert Jaffrey's the tile from his shower in Indonesia. I've never been to his grave. This is sort of the great storied Canadian Alliance missionary. Uh, yeah. but that's as close to his grave as, a, as I've gotten. Um, favorites? Um, well, I'm a theologian. Uh, and, and so uh, some of those guys are pretty big to me. Uh, when the first time I got to Simpson's grave, that was a big deal for me. I poured my life, uh, much of my my uh my academic life into this guy and so uh i actually taught uh my very first teaching gig was at a school uh called nyack college in alliance theological seminary and simpson is buried right on the campus so uh at times i'd go and have lunch with him uh, i've been to john calvin's grave in geneva that was really cool, cool. Um, but probably the one I mean, a few have had really profound effects on me because you stand there and you realize, though not completely, they are really there, right? Their, their body yeah. itself is actually there. Yeah. Uh, and one of the ones that, that probably stood out to me the most was uh, a missionary by the name of David Livingston, famous mm -hmm. for the Dr. Livingston, I presume, uh, in Westminster, uh, uh, in in London, right, in, in the big abbey in London and right in the middle of the floor wow. uh, and just, just stood there and I'd heard, you know, stories about this guy forever. And, and that was one that really stands out for me, but I, you know, I could go on and on, uh, you know, being a kid who grew up in Canada uh, one day when I was in Toronto, I rented a car and I jumped and I went and visited the grave of the friendly giant, which you're too oh, young to remember. But in my day, that was like, I was a big <laughs> guy in children's television. Huh? not intended but still good nonetheless uh, right so i visited his um yeah i i've just been to literally well as you know i've been to to hundreds and it's it's almost a bit of a weird party trip where if you give me a name i can tell you where somebody's buried but because if i haven't been there i've, I've looked it up so that's but yeah and, cool. and it's a fascination with history and, and yeah. the history of movements yeah. and other things so yeah, again, that brings us to the topic uh, for today. Um, as I mentioned, Bernie is the guy to talk about um, the Christian Missionary Alliance and our founder, Albert Benjamin Simpson. So difficult for you as the expert on AB to summarize his life short, but can you do that for us? Tell us about AB Simpson. You did a little bit in your intro, but tell us about sure. our founder, his life and his legacy. Sure. Um I think one of the things you really have to understand about Simpson to get him uh, is that through through various channels and means and otherwise, this guy really, really, really loved Jesus. Mm. Uh, he did. It's not just that he loved the stories of Jesus, or it's not just that he loved the ethic of Jesus, or it's not just that he loved the kingdom that Jesus was going to bring. He really, really loved Jesus himself. Mm. Uh, he actually has a sermon titled Himself, which I tell student people, if you're going to read one thing by Simpson, that's the thing you should read. It's this one, this sermon called Himself, and you can find it easily online. 
Uh, and and Simpson, Simpson reminds his listeners there that, that really the object of our faith and, and um, the blessings of, of the Christian faith are actually found not just from Jesus, but, but in Jesus. Uh, and it was this realization that led uh, Simpson, I think, uh, in a lot of areas, uh, in a lot of ways, it really guided him. Uh, he he wanted to to introduce people to Jesus, uh, and and therefore the historic emphasis of the alliance on Christ our Savior. Uh, he wanted people to grow in likeness uh, to Jesus, and therefore the emphasis on uh, Christ our Sanctifier. Uh, he understood that Jesus was really real. That is, he was he was incarnate. He took on a body uh, and had a high regard for the body, and and therefore, uh, at least in part, an emphasis on Christ, our healer. <clears throat> but but partly, he also really had a, a desire to see Jesus come back, even in his own day. Uh, and therefore, the emphasis not only on Christ, our coming King, but on mission. Right. Because Simpson was convinced that it would be through mission uh, that we would bring Jesus back. Uh, and, and then again, even there, uh, not just in, in an analogical or an allegorical kind of way, but Jesus would himself would actually come back. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a pastor, started out as a pastor, wanted to be a pastor uh, from a young boy. So he studied uh, to be a pastor. Uh, his first pastorate was um, in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, at the age of, I think, uh, off the top of my head, <coughs> excuse me for that, at the age of about, well, in his early 20s, he, he goes to pastor uh, as solo pastor, the second largest Presbyterian church in Canada, which is just wow. remarkable, but tells yeah. you a lot about what that church thought of his promise. Uh, from there, he becomes one of those pastors that churches want to have, and so they go after him. And so uh, from Hamilton, uh, folks in Louisville, Kentucky, who had just come through the Civil War, uh, they come and chase him down because they've heard great things about him. They've heard him uh, and think right. he's going to be the he's going to help them through the troubles uh, that they have are coming out of the Civil War. Uh, and then just like any superstar, I guess you could say New York uh, came calling. Wow. Uh, and and uh, he goes to pastor a church in New York. And while in New York, he really begins to develop a heart for immigrants. Uh, these people who are flowing into Manhattan by the thousands every day and really begins uh, to, to gain in his heart a passion for their salvation, that they too would know Jesus. Because for Simpson, so many of these people either had no faith or even came from a non-Christian country where they couldn't hear about Jesus or at least hear about him properly. Uh, and so one of his great passions was to, uh, to reach out to these people. Uh, and even to some degree, so great was his passion uh, that his church people began to uh, be a little concerned that maybe they weren't getting as much care from him uh, as they thought they should. Uh, and uh, Simpson uh, grows in this uh, to the point that he actually resigns this really, really prestigious New York pastor with a really, really, really good income uh, to take on uh, a life of uh, an itinerant preacher 
Yeah, uh, he's yeah. a wife with a number of kids by this point, but he's so convinced by this calling that he takes off and does it, uh, just trusting in the Lord to provide for him. Uh, and through that, he, he he begins also to to get involved in a number of other major uh, movements of the day, uh, the holiness movement, uh, a movement. Uh, I guess we could just say that realize that there is more to the Christian faith than just going to heaven one day, but it actually expected something from us or expected something for us, even in the meantime and in between time. Right. Uh, he began. Uh, uh, he started an interest in the divine healing movement, which was on the rise in those days, uh, realizing that people aren't just souls, but they're embodied souls, right? They're physical people and they had physical issues and physical realities and that God cared about those two. And that actually Jesus work of salvation wasn't just for your soul someday, but it was even for your body in the here and now. Uh, and he became quite interested in, uh, uh, a growing interest in the return of Jesus and when that would be. And of course, tied to that for him is an interest in foreign missions, in bringing the name of Jesus to every tongue, tribe, and nation. And it really are those two themes that, that ground Simpson, this, this emphasis on the deeper life, expecting more out of Jesus for body and soul mm. uh, and for missions, that, that it, Jesus isn't just for us, but he's for the whole world. Uh, and uh, when the whole world hears about him, uh, even if just representatively, uh, then we can expect his return. Uh, and so, uh, so, so greatly to become involved in these passions that uh, that he decides if we're going to pursue these things, we got to do it in earnest, and we probably have to organize to do it. Uh, and so, what he does, along with a number of other uh, folk, is he uh, he he founds an organization to do it. He takes it seriously, just doesn't talk about it or dream about it. He forms an organization to do it. Uh, and that organization uh, comes to be known as the Christian and Missionary Alliance, or what we just call the Alliance today, uh, right. where, where we still say that the heart of our emphasis, like it was in Simpson's day, was the deeper life, going deeper with Jesus for, for the whole of who we are, body and soul, uh, and for bringing that same message uh, to all the peoples of the earth, uh, near and far. Mm, beautiful. Great. Summer. And then he died in 1919, and I've been to his grave. <laughs> That's good. You know, for, for those listeners, uh, Calypso Alliance, church people, uh, the the pillars, as Bernie said, of deeper life and, and mission or missions really is our our mission statement to know Jesus is this deeper life and to make him known is right. this idea of mission. And so so that that kind of maybe will tie some things in for you that this really goes back uh, for Caleb's Alliance to our our legacy here as uh, people in the Alliance. Um, great. Uh, Bernie, can you talk to us as we think about the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, what was A.B. Simpson's relationship with the Holy Spirit? You mentioned, um, you know, the, the the his interest in divine healing uh, increased at a certain point in his life. What, what, like as a Presbyterian into kind of this holiness divine, like talk to us about that kind of interaction with A.B. and, and the Holy Spirit. Sure. Uh, 
In some ways, we, we like to think of Simpson as an innovator in the alliance and, and somebody who uh, boldly went where nobody had gone before. Uh, but I just don't think that's true. Uh, and I, I think the evidence will show it. Uh, he was certainly an entrepreneur, but but very few of his ideas were original, uh, if any mm. at all. Um, and so his his interest in the spirit actually uh, grew out of a, a broader interest in the spirit in those days uh, that partly grew out of the tragedy of uh, the Civil War in America, uh, the French Revolution before that in Europe, where... Uh, what were thought to be the high points in society at that point were, were crumbling. Uh, and this, this realization, this need for more, uh, that, that the simple ethic and this, this other kind of understanding of salvation weren't enough. Uh, and so there was this real hunger that, that Simpson experienced and others experienced and, and uh, uh, that he, that he went for, uh, Simpson uh, was clearly somebody who hungered after uh, the spirit. He's often known as a Jesus-only guy. Now, he means something particular by that. But at, at, uh, I, Well, I've said to students uh, in the past, nobody will beat you over the head with Jesus more than will A.B. Simpson. Uh, <laughs> but having said that, and I still think it's true, uh, nobody will emphasize Jesus more than A.B. Simpson. Uh, his largest work, his largest written work, was actually on the Holy Spirit. It's a two-volume set. Okay. Uh, right up there. Uh, on the Holy Spirit. Uh, he works his way through the entire scriptures uh, in regard to the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, Simpson was uh, one who hungered after the deeper things of, of God. Uh, that happened at a point in his life where he wasn't always that way, but when it happened... Uh, he took it in deeply and took it in uh, strongly uh, and, and sought all that he could from God, uh, realizing that, that God didn't simply intend to sort of wet our appetites uh, with the spirit, but wanted to drink richly from that fountain. And, and so Simpson was uh, very much uh, uh, a hungerer and thirster after the things of the spirit. Um, I don't know if I'd call him a charismatic. I don't know if I'd call him a Pentecostal, but it's, it is pretty true to say that he would be a, a pre-charismatic or a pre-Pentecostal. Uh, right. That is that that much of the, the, the groundwork that he laid that, and that uh, his, his, his uh, colleagues laid uh, provided the ground for much of the charismatic renewal that would occur in the 20th century. Uh, I actually get invited to uh, speak at the Society for Pentecostal Studies, a uh, an academic group of Pentecostals. Uh, uh, but they don't want me to talk about Pentecostals. They want me to talk about Simpson. Hmm. Uh, and so Simpson was very much a Holy Spirit kind of guy. He's very much a Jesus kind of guy. And therefore, I think he was just a good Orthodox Trinitarian kind of guy. Yeah, uh, but he was very much uh, somebody who believed that the gifts were for today. Yeah, uh, not only for today in the sense that they were available uh, for today, but also that they were fitted for today. That uh, they're especially appropriate for today, uh, mm -hmm. because uh, he understood them to be tied to mission. If we're going to be all that God calls us to be in this age, and if we're going to do all that God calls us to do in this age. Uh, we can't do that on our own. We simply don't have right. capacity. We don't have uh, everything that's needed. Uh, and therefore, we need to lean on the spirit. 
uh, who yeah. would empower us uh, like himself uh, to do those things that he has called us to do. And though he would equip us variously and differently, overall as a church, he would, uh, he would equip us thoroughly uh, to do that work. And again, yeah. tied to this idea of missions for Simpson uh, yeah. was, yeah. was the giftings. And the giftings were in this age for mission. They weren't for me. My gift isn't for me. Your gift isn't for you. Uh, not even is my gift for us and your gift for us. Uh, your gift, my gift is for the good of the world, for the proclamation of the gospel, that more people might come to know Jesus uh, and that Jesus might be more made known. Uh, and so Simpson was open to the idea of healings. He's open to the idea of prophecy. He's open to the idea of tongues. Uh, he's open to all those things because he understood them not only to be uh, by God, from God, but also for God uh, and right. for the world that he uh, intends for us to reach. Cool. That's really that's really helpful, you know, with the gifts tied to mission. Oftentimes, I think when people think Holy Spirit gifts, those ones that you mentioned, it's for a personal experience of it. It's for um, only me. Whereas, you know, you're saying, no, like Simpson wanted these things to happen because of reaching people for Jesus. I think that's that's encouraging. Yeah. And uh, and what it should do is, you know, if it's for me, the, the temptation then is to become really proud of those yeah. things, uh, to become very um, possessive of those things. Uh, but if you remember that we're equipped to serve, right, equip the saints for the work of the ministry, uh, to, to take the words of Paul from Ephesians and move them a little bit, um, the pride is out of it, uh, should be out of it, yeah. uh, and yeah. the possessiveness is out of it, uh, and, and even the idea of self-determination is out of it, uh, which mm -hmm. Paul talks about in his his epistles, right? That, that I use them for the common good, not just the common yeah. good of the church even, but yeah. for others, because while they're entrusted to me, they're not mine. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm a steward of those things, but, but uh, we're to invest them. I, uh, I've been interested lately in the, uh, the parable of the talents. And it's interesting to me, especially in re relation to this discussion, uh, that the, the there's the servant who gets a big income return on his talent. There's the uh, servant who gets a medium return on his income. And there's the guy who has kept it really safe and huddled it away and, and was going to be sure not to lose it. And it's interesting to me the language that is used there to describe this person who takes this talent, who takes this treasure, who takes this gift from God and hides it is evil. The word the scripture uses is evil. Uh, and I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what God might have to say to us when we take those things that he has given to us uh, and not yeah. use them. I don't think he probably just shakes his head and goes, oh, guys, uh, uh, I, I think, I think, I think it's more serious than that. And, and so, of course, I have the question about, you know, the gifts of the spirit. Uh, first of all, are you using them or are you using them properly? And, and Simpson would say, use them and he'd say, use them properly. Uh, but yeah. he would certainly encourage us to pursue them. But again, uh, the end is not for ourselves. Uh, the end is is to mission, to making yeah. Jesus known. Perfect. That's a great connection, Bernie. So uh, uh, AB was uh, Jesus, not just a Jesus-only guy. Spirit sought the deeper things yeah. of the Spirit. 
what was his personal experience of the Holy Spirit? Did he experience healing himself? What about tongues? Like all of that stuff. Yeah. So uh, Simpson actually early on in his, let's call it his renewal from sort of what we might call just like a parlor Christianity to something really intimate. Uh, One of the things that really actually sort of moves him along in that is an experience of divine healing he has at a, at a retreat center in the northeastern United States, uh, he's he's not a he's not a very robust figure at any point in his life. He's always sort of weak and on the verge of a breakdown, physical breakdown, we might say. Um, but he's he's at a camp and a retreat center, and he, he hears this speaker uh, who talks about uh, healing here and now and that when the bible talks about healing it does just does mean just someday just when jesus returned just at the time of heaven but means today and he said and he says well so i searched the scriptures for myself and and there it stood before me uh, i i had to do it and he says so i i i believed i asked god for healing i believed he'd give it to me and then he proceeds to hike up a mountain uh short i'm shortening the story a little bit uh, yeah uh, hike up a mountain. He says, you know, the day before, two days before, not a chance, not a chance. He would have, he would have burned out way before. And he says he went up there with no ill effects. Uh, and uh, in spite of the fact that his whole life to that point had been a uh, a series of good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad, you know, healthy, poor health, healthy, poor health. From that moment on, even though his life would get busier, uh, harder. Uh, and he would be constantly taxed more. He never has another uh, bout of major illness for the rest of his life until the time of his death. And wow. he, it's not because he it's not because he manages his life better. He actually gets way busier uh, mm-hmm. with way more pressure. Uh, but he just learned to uh, rely on what he called the Lord for the body. Uh, and so that would be his that would be his healing experience. Uh, we know this pretty sure, but, you know, maybe he didn't write everything. But as far as we know, Simpson never spoke in tongues, uh, but uh, but sought it. Uh, uh, and it was disappointed when he didn't, uh, but also understood that not all gifts are for all people. Uh, and encouraged those who had it. So in early uh, Gospel Tabernacle, right, his uh, independent church he founded is uh, alongside the Christian Missionary Alliance, uh, people would be speaking in tongues all the time. Wasn't him. He did, uh, but he encouraged it because he understood it to be a gift of God in preparation for uh, in in the work of uh, the gospel. And so, uh, uh, you know, you can still visit that building to this day. Today, it's a pizza parlor in in Midtown right. Manhattan. If you've ever uh, been in the last, you know two, three decades to see Phantom of the Opera. You were right across the street uh, from John's Pizza. And uh, that place regularly would see manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit in its uh, its services of various kinds. Some today that many Alliance churches might find almost scandalous, uh, ironically. Uh, But at the same time, Simpson was... uh, Fought, fought. Yeah, I would say fought. He used really strong language repeatedly on occasion after occasion after occasion, uh, uh, not to make things such as uh, tongues 
uh, overemphasized. That is, in the case of tongues, he he reminded people it's a good gift. It's a gift for today, but it it's not necessarily for everybody. And we should not think less of those people who don't speak in tongues, and we think of those people who speak in tongues. Right. Uh, and you, um, uh, you know that each gift uh, has its purpose, and each gift has its owner, and it's the spirit who determines such things. Uh, and and uh, and just actually really fought against an early form of a charismatic movement that say you have to speak in tongues. If you don't speak in tongues, right. uh, you haven't been baptized by the Spirit. Simpson fought very hard against that, uh, mm. both for theological and biblical reasons, uh, but also for community reasons, realizing that that would, was not only theologically and biblically wrong, but it would have an adverse effect on the community because, right. Uh, right. because it would push many people out. But at the same yeah. time, he would also say to those people who said there are no things, he'd say, uh, no manifestations of the spirit today. He'd say, mm, not so much. Uh, uh, he, just, uh, he just had too much biblical study in that area and too much experience in that area to, to go down that route. Right, right. And that, that's, really, that's really helpful. Because I, I, I do think that, at least out here in the Alliance churches that I have served in, I think that still has existed, that there wasn't a massive emphasis on it but there was also an openness as well kind of playing that like you know not be not taking the cessationist route to say there's no gifts but also not to say if you don't speak in tongues you're not filled with the spirit that there really was kind of a a, a middle ground there that simpson took would, would you agree with that yeah i i hope so i think i think we're we're in the alliance we're susceptible to both poles uh which yeah. i think each are dangerous and each is as dangerous as the other uh, yeah. Neither of them is good for the body, especially the big tent idea we have in the Christian Missionary Alliance. Um, Simpson would regularly say, "You know what? We're gonna we're gonna fight for the deeper life, and we're gonna fight for missions, but we're not gonna fight about much else." So he'd even yeah. say, and and I have a whole list of the number of times this comes up in his various uh, articles throughout. You know, he published a, a magazine for decades. Uh, he would regularly say, "Hey, Calvinist friends." Hey, Armenian friends, don't fight. Right. You, yeah, you know what? There's there's theological importance to a Calvinist view. There's theological importance to Arminian Arminian view. You guys don't agree on some really important things, but they're not so important that they should hinder the pursuit of the deeper life and the pursuit of missions. They have pastoral implications, absolutely. Uh, and so how you pastor, how you do church is going to be affected and influenced by that. But we can't let them get in the way of our mission, which yeah. is to bring Jesus to the very ends of the earth. If we do, then you know that something diabolical is going on. Yeah, and I I, I still think that that exists. You know, we our, our church went through last year the vote for the place of women serving as an elder or not. And, you know, one of the things I constantly reminded our church of is like deeper life admissions. Like this is kind of who we are. Like this is an important conversation, yeah. but it's not the only conversation that we should be having. And you can hold different views and we can still get along because, you know, we got we got a job to do mission and and deeper life. So I that that's really encouraging that that has always if I hear you, if I'm hearing you right, a part of who we have been. Yeah, we've agreed to major on the major and minors on the minors. We don't deny that the minors aren't there. They're there, and yep. they have implications, but they're not what we're about, and they're not what we're, we're called to. 
Uh, the Alliance has never really been, at least not in its earliest days, a creedal institution. Yeah. We weren't yeah. founded around primarily and early on a statement of faith. We were founded, we we're a dynamic movement, a movement that was founded on those who wanted to pursue the deeper life and missions. And, you know, to throw this in, I think it's been implied in what you and I have already said, the dynamic relationship between the two. That mission yeah. is for the deeper, that the deeper life is for mission, and that mission drives yeah. us back to the deeper life. Uh, what Mel Sylvester, an old president of the Christian Missionary Alliance, used to call the dynamic link between the deeper life and missions. That one actually fuels to fuels and drives you to the other. And uh, cool. uh, and yeah, that uh, that is something I, I would love to see us uh, regain um, at least the strength of, uh, of that. Uh, and major on the majors and minor on the minors. Uh, Bernie, you mentioned in the first chapter of the Heart of the Gospel that the Alliance held a big tent, and you've mentioned that, big tent approach to welcoming people of different beliefs and backgrounds, creeds, as you have mentioned too. So how did this, or does this work when you have Presbyterians and Pentecostals and all these different people all in one de denomination with their differing beliefs and experiences of the Holy Spirit? Like, that that's difficult when when you do have you know people who say maybe are more cessationist and there's people who are more Pentecostal. How did that work in the beginning? Well, I, I think we've rehashed we we we've been through this a little bit. Uh, this early on, the alliance wasn't a church. Early on, the alliance yeah. was a parachurch organization where people from various denominations would come together uh, because their churches weren't focusing on the deeper life or weren't focusing on mission. They were really good at doing all of these other things, but they weren't focusing on that. Uh, and so for uh, many of these early people, the Alliance was a supplemental group that they'd be part of. Maybe mm -hmm. today, like, you, you know, you have an attachment to a camp, right? Like Eagle Bay or, or something like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, or, yep. or uh, you know, uh, Campus Crusade or Power to Change or, or, or something like that. Uh, and it, it, it was supplemental to your faith. Uh, and so they got along because partly when they came, that's what they came. They came about the deeper life and they came about mission. And that's okay. that's what they were to do. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, uh, Sunday mornings, they would find themselves in their churches, but Sunday evenings, they'd find themselves in their alliance meetings. And that's where the word comes from, right? We're an yeah. alliance. Uh, which, on the one hand, implies that we're not all the same. Mm. Uh, and, sometimes, and sometimes it's going to be messy, and sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable, and sometimes we're not going to get our way. But we need to remind ourselves why we're here and what we're here mm. for. Why, why did God, I assume he did, bring the Christian Missionary Alliance into existence? Right. Uh, well, it wasn't to articulate certain things in theology. It was it was more practical than that. Though theology, I think theology is really important. Yeah. Uh, it, it was it was to focus on the needs of the church in that day, uh, a church that had grown to a salvation, grown to develop a salvation that was purely in the future, someday after I die, and in the meantime and in between time, it doesn't really matter. Uh, right, and but and so this emphasis on the deeper life, uh, and this uh, this idea that uh, church is primarily about me and Jesus is primarily about me, and 
and a reminder of no, no, actually you're here in the meantime and again in between time to be pursuing mm-hmm. uh, your role in completing Jesus' commission. Uh, and so it would be messy, and they would disagree on things. Uh, I, I assume that to be so because of the number of times Simpson says to these guys, quit arguing about that. It's right. really important. It's great discussion to have, and it's got practical implications. But this is what we have to focus on. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so Simpson, you know, Simpson would would nod heads with the Presbyterians that Scripture is really, really, really important. And that yeah. Jesus is really, really, really important. And Simpson's going to argue for, a, you know, to throw theological language around substitutionary atonement. He's going to argue for that. Uh, and show his Presbyterian heritage in that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, he's going to work with this wacko Methodist. I don't mean that. He's actually a really good guy named George Partington. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. His yeah. first theologian is a Methodist guy. Uh, but it's about deeper life and mission. Uh, and, and that the job is too urgent to allow ourselves to get sidetracked into these important, but really for the moment, side issues. Uh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they had a real vision that people were lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've used this in class before. I'll use it again here. And lost, I don't know, though it's a good biblical word, doesn't speak to, the, it's not the only biblical word. Um, Know, uh, that 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 it's it's not just lost. It's not just walking or bumping in the dark. No, it their their destiny is much more vivid and horrifying than that. So there's a real belief in in the um, in the awful trajectory that most of the world was on, uh, and that allowed them to to set secondary theological issues aside for the right, urgency right. of the task. Right. We'll yeah. argue about what kind of Sunday topping to have later. You know, right? Somebody who can't swim just fell in the pool. That's an important conversation to have. But right. not right now. People are falling in, right? People who can't swim are falling uh, in the pool. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll have that conversation. We'll pick up that conversation later when we have the time. Uh, yeah. But currently, before Jesus comes, we don't have the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. A sense of urgency. Um, yeah. You know, Bernie, this has been so good to think about our our past and the legacy of AB and his relationship with the spirit, even the beginning uh, years of the movement as well. What I want to do now is I want to transition us to think about today. You are district superintendent of uh, a bunch. I don't know how many Alliance churches there in uh, on, on the prairies. Uh, and so I, I want to talk about, you know, bringing our history into the present. My first question here is um, maybe just the value of this conversation. Like, why is it important that we, as uh, people in the Christian Missionary Alliance, understand the past, understand this movement? You know, uh, every licensed worker in the Alliance has to take the class that you taught and wrote, um, you know, and delivered, I don't know how many times, Alliance History and Thought. What is the value of this conversation for us and for the listener, Bernie. Sure. Um, let me peck away at that. I think, first of all, it helps us to remember why we exist. Um, that what we're called to, uh, why we were created and what we're about. Uh, we live in a world that uh, will call us to all sorts of things um, that are good things. 
uh, but maybe aren't our things. And so the course, uh, at least in part, uh, I, I approach it. And I think uh, Ken Draper, who also teaches this course a whole lot, uh, wants to remind people who we are and what we're called to. Um, you know, I coached high school football for, for a lot of years. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I would have to remind our really good, even our, especially our really good players, is they need to do their job. Uh, and leave the other jobs to the other players. Uh, because if they are doing the other player's job and their job, they're doing both poorly. Uh, so what are, it helps us to remember who we are uh, and what we've been called to and what we've been equipped with and what we've been equipped for. The other thing I think it helps us uh, do is broaden our resources for ministry. Mm. Um, you know, we live in a time right now of diversity and a lot of talk about diversity. And I think a lot of that talk, most of that talk, maybe even, you know, almost all of that talk is good. But the diversity that we should be inviting conversation with is not merely ethnic or linguistic or pigmented, you know, the color of somebody's skin. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we also need to listen to the voices that have gone before us. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, my dad used to say that the easiest person to fool in any room is always yourself. Yeah. Uh, right, because you're least aware of your own blind spots. Yeah. Well, one of the dangers we have today is that we are so uh, enmeshed, and I don't think we have a choice, in our own moments uh, that, that we won't pick up our own blind spots. Yeah. Um, and reading the authors of, of years gone by, I think, can actually help us do that. One of the great satisfactions I have in teaching this course is I make people read the old people. I make yeah. them read right. Simpson. And most of them think, oh, this is going to be awful. <laughs> but most of them find it actually really refreshing when yeah. they sit down and, and read this. And I think partly in part, partly in part, <laughs> uh, that came right out of the... Uh, uh, Department of Redundancy Department. Um, but uh, part of that just comes out of the language, or he uses different language, he uses different different uh, metaphors, uh, different styles. Um, yeah, you know, one of the best things to read on this is actually an introduction by C.S. Lewis uh, to a book by one of the church fathers called Athanasius, where he talks about the value of reading uh, the old books, which maybe I made you read about 17, 18 years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, it, and it's a great read. And, and Lewis does this masterful job, as he always does, uh, in talking about the importance and the value of reading uh, the people who have gone before you. And the other thing is, we don't only learn from their tribes, we learn from their mistakes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, we'd be foolish not to only look at how they did things well, but how they did things poorly and learn from those. And, sure. and yeah. the alliance in the past has made some mistakes. Uh, and I think we're doubly guilty if we make them again. Sure. Right. If we make yeah. them again, uh, partly because we didn't look at, you know, our own history and yeah. realize we've made them before. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, and, and maybe they'll even talk about things we're not talking about. Maybe we need to talk about those. Right. Maybe they're talking right. about topics that 
we haven't even thought of that we really need to consider, or at least consider a topic we were already talking about from their perspective. Uh, I just think it enriches uh, it enriches our lives uh, by by adding to that. And so it's just another form of diversity. It's not just ethnic diversity. It's not just geographic diversity. It's not just uh, uh, skin color diversity. Uh, it's not just socioeconomic diversity. Uh, I'd argue it's chronological diversity, right? Yeah. We the people right. yeah. who came before you uh, because yeah. they might be aware of some things that you're not even aware of that you're not aware of. <laughs> I think too, you know, there's such a, a skepticism of the past right now in our culture, you know, and even like a uh, even a rolling of the eyes of of the past. You know, if somebody was to come up to you and say, "Hey, I have a brand new iPhone three for you," you'd be like, "Well, what in the world? I don't care about an iPhone 3. And so, if that was like ten years ago, you know, thirteen years ago, how much more to the late eighteen hundreds when we're talking about this? But when we don't engage and when we don't understand, uh, I think I think it's to our detriment, like you said. Um, You've kind of talked about this a little bit, Bernie, but um, as you think about modern day Christian Missionary Alliance, the local church, what have we lost from the past that we need to uh, relearn or adopt? One of them, what you said was that link between the mission, mission and deeper life and deeper life and mission. What no. else do you say as you look at the Christian Missionary Alliance Church in 2020? What have we lost that we need to think of again or lead into, or w what is that? Well, I, I'm, I'm going to sound like an old guy here, uh, but it fits me, so I might as well. Uh, I think we've really lost uh, a, a burden for and an understanding of the urgency of the lost. Mm -hmm. uh, I really do. I think I think we think that the you know if, you know to be to be Christian is to have a better life, but but however you uh, spin it out. You know, uh, and there's various views on this. However, you spin it out, the destiny of those who live apart from Jesus Christ is not good, right. and it's even beyond bad. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, but we we don't live with that realization. Um, scripture Scripture paints that certainly clearly enough that it's at yeah. the very least horrible. Uh, but we don't we don't tend to think that right. We live in our front garage communities where we drive into our own house and we intersect with our, our neighbors as little as possible. Um, but, but, you know, one of the first questions in the Bible, the answer is actually yes. And the question is, am I my brother's keeper? Hmm. Well, well, the answer is yes. Yes, you are. Right. Even then the answer, right. That's just when, when, when that question is asked, it just, it just convicts, you know, convicts them all the more. Uh, for for the murder, but uh, we, we've lost a passion for others. We like to think of ourselves as, as other-centered, but boy, I don't know that we are. Yeah. Um, what else? I think one of the, I, I think, I think you people ought to read this sermon himself because I think we lost Jesus. Now I'll, I'll be a bit of a rogue here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the Christian Go. Missionary Alliance, we talk about being Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and mission-focused. And I've said, and Dave Hearn won't get mad at me because he knows I say this. I've said to the president, Dave Hearn, Dave, I know what we mean when we say spirit-empowered. And I know yeah. what we mean when I, we say mission-focused. I don't know what we mean 
when we say Christ-centered. Sure. Not not like Simpson does anyway. Mm. Uh, uh, and and I think that that Simpson's understanding of what it means to be Christ-centered is so so much richer than ours. It's not only to live for Christ, but it's to live from Christ. It's to yeah. live in union with Christ. The, the language of Scripture is so vivid in re, in regard to our our union with Christ, right? Union with Christ. It, it's grandiose. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's it's so wild that that the Apostle Peter in one of his writings will say that we end up sharing, we end up, excuse me, participating in the divine nature. Right. Yeah. That's how tight our union with Jesus is. So it's not just, we don't just live for Jesus, though we do. We don't just yep. live from Jesus, though we do. We live in this intimate of most intimate relationships with Jesus. And that's that's what, to me, the deeper life is at least partly about. It's not just yeah. spirit language, it's Jesus language. Uh, and and it's, it's both and. Uh, and and we all we all like Jesus, but do we really love him? Do we mm. really, really love him? Uh, is our heart warmed when we think of him? And at the same time, is, is our heart yearning for his return uh like like it was for simpson uh and, and most of us i think at this point are, are pretty comfortable with knowing that he's on our side yeah uh, but but maybe don't have the depth of relationship and and i don't uh with jesus that that we ought to yeah uh, wow do we really really love him Jesus was just, or excuse me, Simpson was just gaga for Jesus in a way I just don't see in people often right. today. Uh, so, boy, if yeah, if if I could, if I could have one wish granted, uh, it would probably be that that we would regain that that intimate relationship and longing for Jesus because. For me, everything else falls from that. The spirit empowered flows from that. The mission yeah. focus flows from that. Uh, and and I mean, the others influence it back as well. It's always again this dynamic relationship. But to yeah. me, that that one that one we're a little short on these days. Uh, the others are great, and I don't want to rob from the others. I actually would, would just like some more. Yeah. No, that's really helpful. May it, may it be so. Uh, maybe maybe one of the last questions here for sure. for you, Bernie. W what is your prayer for your district? Um, God's placed you as an overseer over pastors and uh, a movement of churches out there. What is your prayer for your district and our National Alliance family as we think about the Spirit's work in us corporately? Yeah. Um, one of the greatest privileges I ever had was having a very small role in shaping uh, our vision prayer uh, in the Christian Missionary Alliance. Uh, and particularly, you know, and it now fits with the last thing we're talking about. Uh, oh, God, with all our hearts, we long for you. Uh, that to me is especially poignant. At one point, we were toying with the idea of, oh, God, with all our hearts, we long for your kingdom. But I think we landed well when we landed it more in the person of God than just in the kingdom, which is related to him. And of course, which he is uh, unavoidably associated with. 
Uh, and so uh, that really speaks to me. Uh, but, but even the come make us uh, into Christ-centered, spirit-empowered people, multiplying disciples everywhere is really is in some ways my prayer for the, our district. Uh, it, in some ways for me, it's just such a complete prayer uh, for who we are and who God is calling us to be and who I long for us to be. But at the same time, for my own district, uh, here in Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Nunavut, and uh, a little bit of Ontario, I pray that God would rise, raise up this giant. Uh, uh, the, the, the stories of the work of the gospel uh, in mm-hmm. the Canadian Midwest District and from the Canadian Midwest District are remarkable uh, in the past. Uh, and to quote Dave Hearn here a little bit, I'd, I'd like to say, do it again. Do it again. Yeah. Right. I mean, the stories that some of the people I've had the privilege of meeting in my life and their stories of ministry, uh, powerful ministry, yet humble ministry are just uh, amazing men and women, uh, boys and girls. Uh, And so I said, you know, last year uh, at our district conference where I was um, selected to be district superintendent, that I believe that the Canadian Midwest District is a slumbering giant. Mm. Uh, but, not, but not by slumbering by God's design, uh, slumbering right. by its own, by its own design. And I pray that God would wake it again uh, and yeah. raise up, raise up people from it. All right, uh, great revivals of the '70s was a big thing in this district, right? Uh, mm. Yeah, uh, and I'd love to see it. I, yeah, my my prayer, I guess, uh, again would be do it again. Do it again, and, and uh, I'd love to be here for that, and I'd love to be part of it. Uh, but even if I just get to be a bystander and watch it, that'd be great. But chances yeah. are, I'm going to try and clunk my way in anyway. Uh, but that would be <laughs> that would be awesome. I I I just think that you know uh, that that you know our motto should be you know the motto that that used to be. For the U.S. Army, uh, that used to be all over television. Uh, that be all that you can be, right? Uh, right. But of course, grounded in Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, mission-focused. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think we're we're swinging way under our weight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah. I and I just long for that day where we'll not only swing to our weight, but by the Spirit's empowering, swing way over our weight. Amen. Not just experiencing the Spirit. Uh, but working in and through the spirit and watching him, uh, watching him run in and through us. That would be, that would be awesome. That, that I guess is my prayer. That's my longing. You know, one of the, one of the prayers that we've, I mean, I've preached it probably three times since I got here. We pray it all the time uh, is uh, the beginning of Habakkuk chapter three, where he says, Lord, we've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day, in our time, make mm-hmm. them known. And we've we've prayed that, you know, do it again, Lord, like in our day, in our time, like would you come again? So a lot of resonance here uh, at Calum's Alliance with what you're praying for for your churches over there. You know, it's cool, Bernie, like as you, as you, we've talked and you've, you know, we've gone through all these different things. I just keep, I just keep sensing, feeling, I belong in this family. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, we, we are not a perfect denomination by any stretch. No. I, I know our family dysfunction quite well. but I would I, have a way easier job if we, if, if, yeah. My job would be way easier then. Yeah. 
I, I just, but I'm like, yeah, you know, that's me. Like I, I fit here. I, I like it here. Yeah. And I, I'm just leaving this conversation really, really encouraged. So thanks, Bernie. Yeah. Uh, last yeah. question. You've written some books. You mentioned them at the beginning. Maybe just say them again. If people want to follow up with this, maybe some resources that you want to point people to, and then we'll we'll call it. Okay. Uh, two two of the books I'd mentioned. Uh, one is a little more academic, and so you got to be a bit of a geek to dive into it. It's called The Heart of the Gospel, uh, which uh, if you're in the ordination track in the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada, you have to read. Uh, like yeah. you. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, you referred to that in regard to the Big Tent discussion, and that's available uh, on Amazon. Uh, the other one, uh, way more friendly uh, to the average person, is a book on holiness. I even quote the Northern Pikes, the great Midwestern Canadian classic rock band in there. Uh, and nice. talk about graves. I actually talk about graves in there as well. It's 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 much more reader friendly. Uh, so it's called Holiness, a Theological Introduction. Uh, I would encourage you to do that. And uh, Here's, here's the tip. Uh, the, the heart of holiness is actually being in intimate relationship with Jesus. The ethic flows right, right. from that. Yeah. Um, again, if, if I can point people to, to early Christian Missionary Alliance stuff, uh, especially Simpson, scope online. Look up himself, A.B. Simpson. You'll find, you'll find the... Uh, uh, the, the sermon online really easily. And there's a, a hymn that goes with it that was built from the, the sermon. Uh, and maybe you can find them both. We used to sing himself back in the Alliance in the old days. Uh, <laughs> grandfather, your dad would even remember those days for sure. Um, That's right. But um, yeah, read himself. It won't take you long, but it, yeah, it'll yeah. make you think. Uh, I'd read the fourfold gospel. It sort of encapsulates yeah. uh, really what, what's going on in the Christian Missionary Alliance. Uh, if you want to read about Simpson uh, and uh, just get a glimpse of his life, uh, David Jones's book, AB, uh, I have it on my shelf, uh, it would be a great book. It's very reader friendly, but if you want to dive deeper, there's a new book by Darren Henry. Uh, and it's just called AB Simpson. It's available on Amazon. You got to be a bit more of a geek to dig into that one, but it's really, really good. And the uh, endorsement on the back cover, remarkable. Um, <laughs> by Bernie Vandewell, but uh, yeah. Surprising. Um, uh, and anything by A.W. Tozer, uh, yeah. a good alliance author, uh, would be uh, in this. Knowledge of the Holy, that's a classic. That's a really, that's a great book. And one of the books that actually inspired me to to take my swing at holiness. Uh, I, and there's more. I mean, there's lots more. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. I, I, people can email me if they want recommendations. Sure. Thanks, Bernie. That. Not a problem. This has been so helpful, so rich. Uh, I think good for our church to to, to learn about us and, and the work of the Spirit. And uh, yeah, again, thanks for your time, Bernie. We'll call it here. Uh, great. great to be here. Good to see you again, bud. Finishing that episode, I feel so grateful to be a part of this Alliance family. Although imperfect, it is so clear that from the beginning, we have been a denomination that has wanted to know Jesus deeply. Not just to know things about him, but to love him. Also, wanting to make him known through mission and evangelism. And may we, as Bernie said, have the urgency that we need to to make him known right now. As was mentioned in the podcast, I want to finish with our national prayer in the Alliance denomination. It says, Oh God, with all our hearts, we long for you. 
become, transform us to be Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, mission-focused people, multiplying disciples everywhere. Amen, and may it be so. Make sure to tune in next week for another great episode. Bye-bye. 